From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. It's the first Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time for Game Spotlight. Helping me explore the spotlight this week are my fellow game gurus, Mary Jelzma. Hello. And Dan Lego. Hello. And we're going to be talking about a game that has taken many of the staff at Snakes and Lattes by storm, even to the point where they've started their own league. That game is The Duke. It looks like a, sort of an abstract game. It looks like a chess-typing sort of thing. You've got a six-by-six six grid. You've got pieces that move on spaces, and on your turn you move a piece, and if you land on another piece, you take it off the board, and you're trying to capture the other player's duke. Very much like chess in a lot of ways. Some important differences, though. Uh, the pieces are these little flat square tiles. And on that tile, it's got a little diagram that shows you how that piece is allowed to move. Can it move one space in any direction? Can it move up to two spaces diagonally or whatever? Can it slide? Can it jump? There's little symbols that show you how these things work. And, here's the real kicker, every time you move one of these pieces, you have to flip it over onto its other side. And on the other side, there's a different set of moves. So every time you move it, the rules for that piece change. That's actually all there is to know about the game, pretty much. There's one other thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Each turn you can either move a piece or it can reach into a bag and pull out another piece. And you have no idea what's going to come out of this bag. There's a huge array of different kinds of things that can come out there. You might get what you need, and you might not. So, Dan, have you gotten into the Duke? Yes, hugely. Uh, like you said, we have a league going on right now. Um, I'm absolutely terrible at it. I think I'm on the <laughs> bottom of the ladder. Uh, I haven't won a single match yet. We're doing a best two to three. Well, you make the other players look good, then, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, uh, well, it, it takes a pretty special game to keep somebody uh, interested after that kind of uh, you know, run of bad, uh, bad, bad luck. What's, uh, what, what is it that keeps you coming back? It's, it's, I think it's more the engagement in the actual mechanics and strategy of it, more mm -hmm. than anything. Um, it's a game where, because you're drawing random tiles out of the bag, you have to adjust your strategy, depending on what your opponent's drawn what you've drawn. You're trying to plan multiple areas of the game board. Much like chess, you want to make sure that you have the perfect area to isolate the duke. If you're able to do that, you have a checkmate. So isolating the duke is important then. You have to get, you get it away from its followers. Yes. Alright, we'll talk a little bit more about strategy and the duke a little bit later. Mandy, what have your experiences with playing the duke been like? I have a lot of respect for the duke, but I just can't get into it personally. Mm. Um, the first time I played, uh, the person teaching me destroyed me after like one or two moves, so it wasn't a very good <laughs> first experience. But the second time I played was a bit better, but I think the damage might have already been done. Well, in, in the past, I've, I've actually played games with you before, and losing terribly on your first play hasn't always been a discouragement. And no. Obviously, in Dan's case, he's gotten his butt handed to him a bunch of times. He's still there. What, uh, what is it about the Duke do you think that's missing? Well, hmm. It's, it's funny because the, I was trying to dissect the reason why I may not like it. And I'm mm. like, well, maybe it's it's too much strategy, too much thinking ahead. And sometimes I'm more like games where I get to have some chance elements, some like storytelling. But then I compared it to, let's say, like Yinch, which I'm so into right now. I can't even explain how hardcore I am into Yinch. <laughs> but it's also just an abstract game with planning multiple moves ahead. So I don't know. Yinch is actually one of my favorites, too. And I actually like it a bit more than the Duke. It's probably the coolest five-in-a-row game I've seen. It mm -hmm. looks a little like Othello with these black-and-white pieces that flip over and rings that move around. We can go into it some other time. But, um, well, Dan, though, there is luck in the Duke, though, right? When you reach into the bag to pull out a new piece, you don't know what's going to come out. There is. Uh, and I think, to some extent, a lot of strategy games need at least a little bit of luck. Mm -hmm. um, with the Duke, a lot of that luck factor of what you draw 
tends to be more of a gambit than anything. You're trying to see what you get what? and what you can utilize in a more effective way. So you're analyzing the piece that you've drawn more than you would in, say, a card game. Where you get cards and just figure out what you're going to play. Like you play a card and it's basically done. You bring out a piece in the Duke and it's going to be on the board for a while, hopefully. And Every time you move it, it's going to change. Exactly, and it's that changing thing too that uh, I think is one of the more engaging things about the Duke is every time you make a move, you flip that piece over, it moves entirely differently the next time. And sometimes those moves will have things like strike, which will let you just destroy a section of the game board, or maybe a slide action, which will let you slide over an entire row. So yeah, you have the greater range with those. So you make choices dependent on... Well, if he's going to move this piece here, do I leave this one face up right now, or do I turn it over at this point? It's interesting, because the dynamism of Yinch is one of the reasons why I like it so much. The fact that the pieces keep changing, flipping around, gives it, for me, a big edge over something like, say, for example, Quarto or Chess or Checkers, where things are fairly stable and where you can build up a position and sort of stand on it. Um, the Duke, though, I mean, it's, it's, you, you can lose pieces fairly quickly, and you can see some fairly sudden shifts. Or is it, what do you think, do you see the Duke as being a swingy game? I don't necessarily see it being that swingy. I, I've had games of it where we've had a lot of the same pieces on the game board for a very long period of time. I've had other ones where we've burned for entire bags. Hmm. Does that happen often? Not really. I think it's probably about a half and a half, uh, more than anything. So there's a lot of engagement with what's occurring um, on the actual game board and who you're playing with. Um, like any good sort of strategy game, it's sort of a brain against a brain in some ways. True, and, uh, and those brains have to sort of respond to changing situations exactly. as they come up. You know, I think my own experience with the Duke was, um, it, it seemed in some ways for me to be kind of the worst of both worlds. On the one hand, I had to think ahead and plan ahead and really sort of power through the possibilities. On the other hand, that thinking and powering through could all wind up being for nothing based on a draw that came out. Uh, is, is that, is, do you think that frustration might have been something that you ran into, maybe? I think it may have been. Um, I like to be in control and even choose when I'm being random, if that makes sense. Like, I like to have nice. some stability in that. Um, I also just think that maybe if I could just sit down in comfortable clothes in a quiet room with someone <laughs> and just play properly, I might be able to change my thinking. The fact that I only played it once probably had a lot to do with this as well. Um, I mean, the better you know what's in the bag, the better you can anticipate what's going to come out of it, right? Exactly. And you, you figure out different tactics, too, with the various pieces. Much like you win a game of chess, you know how to use certain pieces in combination with each other to trap certain units. Do you ever um, find yourself in a situation where it's like, okay, I'm going to bring in a new piece, and I'm reaching into the bag, and r I really hope I get this or that or the other specific piece. All I would of the time. <laughs> so is, is that a big part of the enjoyment? Uh, I think so, yeah. There's also the sort of enjoyment of taking something like a footman. That's essentially the pawn of the duke. Like the weakest and piece. And catching the duke with that pawn. Um, <laughs> that's, it's almost like a pimply-faced teenager <laughs> holding this, uh, this guy up there. You get style points for, uh, for winning with a I footman? I think so. Another good example is um, if you, you take the duke piece, which slides, and you capture the, your opponent's duke with the duke. Um, <laughs> I think that really brings it home. So. I suppose you actually get to use your king to kill their king. That's not something you're going to see in chess. Uh, a lot of the time, I guess it's that, that interplay between chance and strategy, that, that gamble of reaching into the bag, oh, I hope I get something good, combined with using what you've got on the table to the best possible effect, that's... Is, is that really, is, is the alchemy between that, is that the secret to the Duke's appeal? I think so. Um, I think it's it's a lot of that, the reactions between the two players, um, 
uh, really bring home the game. I mean, the fact that all the tiles are different, too, is just... Uh, there aren't any duplicates? Well, there's two footmen. There, there, there's two footmen. There's, um, I think, everything else is fairly unique. Wow. Um, so, some of them have special powers. There's things like the Duchess. She can teleport to the side of the Duke. Um, or the Oracle, which removes that random luck factor. You get to draw three tiles and then decide which tile you would Ooh. like. Um, uh, that would either make the game or completely destroy it with analysis paralysis. Terrible piece. Terrible piece. <laughs> she, uh, she just moves, and then her entire move is doing that thing. So. Oh, I see. So you... Is there a Robin Hood expansion? Am I correct? Or yeah, they've, they've okay. done, done a number of different expansions now. See, they've I done like Robin that. Howard. They did one with Conan. Yep. It's... Uh, I suppose having Conan the Barbarian on your team and the Duke would probably be kind of badass. Lots of strikes. Lots of strikes. Right, so that does make a certain amount of sense. All right, so I, I, you know, I think Mandy's right. In order to get this, you kind of have to play it a bunch. Uh, otherwise, it's the, you, know, the, you want to get the worst of both worlds. The chance seems to mess it up for you, and the strategy doesn't seem to add up. But once you've had the chance to, to really explore all this stuff, then you see how it all fits together. And it becomes, and that's, that, I guess that's where the magic sets in. Exactly. It's, it's a game you have to give it its fair time. I mean, I keep losing, but I'm still playing it. <laughs> who, uh, who would you recommend this game to? Supposing you've, uh, you know, you're, you're at the cafe doing the guru job. Uh, what sort of groups of two do you recommend this game to, and who do you get to steer clear of it? Generally, anybody who's mentioned chess, I instantly will pitch it to. Mm. Um, but uh, people who are looking at um, the abstract games, uh, I'll usually slip in a mention of it. And if anybody has... I learned chess when I was five. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. You can sort of use that way in there. So. Hive has generally been my go-to game for people who want something chess-like. And it's entirely fired Hive. Fired Hive for me. So, really? Yep, I, uh, I don't use it too anymore. Duke greater than sign Hive. Yeah. Wow. Do you play Hive, Jim Eddie? Uh, no, I actually have no idea other than it has bugs on it. <laughs> Did the bugs keep you away? or? No, no, I just haven't had a chance to dig into mm. that one. A good ease-in for that one is um, the game Six. Yes, for um, sure. Such a simple game. Even um, the people who just seem like they're completely just talking, you can always pitch six. It's true. It's it's, it's like tic-tac-toe, but with extra stuff. Yep. Know, and so it sort of keeps it going. It's, it's also a really, really attractive game. But yeah, and then, so I guess it goes six, hive, duke. That's the, uh, that, that's the hierarchy. I you think so. You work yeah. your way through to that point by the time they get to the duke. And once they've actually gotten over that initial hump, the Duke is a tricky sell, I find. Um, just because aesthetically, the pieces look a little bit weird. They have all these grids on them and stuff. So if you if you get a table that it doesn't seem like they would be a quick sell on it, you're not going to have any luck. And you might as well go for something. I think if it had like pretty figurines, maybe it would be a little bit more appealing. True, but then I guess the figurines would have to have a little space on them somewhere to show you how they move. Yeah, that's the only problem with and that And then, game. when they flip over, I guess... Okay, so what we need is we need, like, the holographic chessboard from Star Wars, right? Uh -huh. So that you can move the piece, and it's got... Uh, and you can, it'll have a little flip over and have a nice, beautiful hologram of the piece itself, and then it shows you the guidelines for how it moves and everything. Well, we're getting that for loggers next week, just so you know. <sighs> that's, that, that's definitely a case for high-tech games, if I've ever heard one. It's, uh, but uh, it's, in a way, though, that kind of sort of helps, right? I mean, if, 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 you, if you bring a game to the table... And people can look at it and see, oh, that's got complicated grids and stuff on it. It's sort of, it's, it's actually a mark in the game's favor, isn't it? I think so. I mean, uh, the Duke's not even super complicated simply because they have little cards that have all of the moves on them. Mm -hmm. So if you just go over what those things mean to the players, they, uh, 
it ends up being a game they play five or six times in a row, I've found. Yeah, it's pretty quick. It's only one of those games where it's not for everyone, but for those it is for, they really like it. They get pretty obsessive. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, mean, look, we started a league, so clearly... How many other games can we say that about? That's I don't think there's any. We haven't started a league for anything, I don't think. It's just been the Duke. It's, I, I guess it's the fact that it's such a quick play as well. The fact that we can get a league match in in like, you know, 10 or 20 minutes between shifts. That, uh, that makes it really convenient that way. Well, anyway, uh, I'm not sure if you've found uh, that this explanation of the Duke is uh, something that makes it sound like something you want to avoid with all your might, or something that makes you want to run straight towards it as fast as you can. But either way, we'll keep it in the cafe for you. We'll teach it to you whenever you want to learn it and give it a try. Till then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie Gelsma and Dan Legault. Have a good night. Game on. Thanks for listening. Snakes and Lattes offers a unique service for your next party. Snakes on the Go Board Game Catering. Your own personal game guru and an assortment of our hottest games right in your living room or boardroom. Birthdays, anniversaries, corporate team building, everything is more fun with board games. Visit snakesandlattes.com SOTG for more details or to book your event today. Until next time, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.